Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, just before the episode starts, I'll give you a little description about it. Um, I'm with my mate Josh, and uh, basically, he's really into science and stuff. I do kind of explain this in the episode, but just briefly, uh, we talk. We want to start a series where we just talk about sort of sciencey things that I don't understand, um, and just kind of explain them more in a simple way, you know, so more is like me can understand them, and. Um, yeah just kind of have a chat about it so it's like a nice longer conversation ask a few questions and josh answers them all very well um i think we just talk about it's energy like how light bulbs work themselves like how power plants kind of generate heat um how things like have energy within them a little bit yeah conversions that sort of thing it's it all it, it goes together very smoothly it's a really good one and my favorite part is when we talk about how when you push a table you're not actually pushing a table it's actually just the transference of energy and the reaction of it is causing it to move and that sounds really weird but it's so cool and when he first told me about it it blew my mind so um yeah we go into detail about all that sort of stuff and yeah it's, it's a cool podcast so we'll be doing more like this in the future um we haven't figured out what we're going to do about it yet but there's gonna be you know simple standard sort of things if you have any recommendations you know let, let us know put on facebook or youtube or anything like that and we'll we'll cover it i guess you know um yeah well, thanks guys see you later Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And today's interesting person is Josh. Hello. And, um... Yeah, basically, me and Josh have decided we're going to kind of do this little series. I mean, Josh is probably going to appear on other podcasts, potentially with other people, and talk about other stuff. Um, but we're going to have a little series of podcasts, which is going to be called Science, But Simple. So it's just like, basically, the kind of idea came from it, um, basically, where Josh is really intelligent and is really into science and stuff. And I like to consider myself a fairly intelligent guy. But when it comes down to it, I really don't know a lot of the basics um, of just standard science that people know. Like the other day... Well, it was a couple of months ago now, I think. Um, I was just sat in the lounge and I was talking to Josh and I said I didn't know how light bulbs worked and I just didn't understand. And he just told me. And he, we spent about 45 minutes talking about it. And um, so I thought, well, we, that can be a good first episode. We'll probably talk about, you know, human bo- the human body and stuff. I mean, your, one of your specialities, like what have you, what have you studied, Josh? Uh, well, been the general stuff like the GCSEs and things did all three sciences individually um then I moved on and did biology chemistry and environmental studies as a levels uh, with maths as well and then I've gone on and done a marine biology degree so I last well on the date of when we're recording this last summer which would be July of 2016. I I don't know why I had to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to be the scientist, the good uh, yeah. one. I couldn't think about a year ago. Um, but that's when I graduated with my two one masters. So mm. everything's gone okay. I'm just looking at going into teaching from now on. Probably still have a specialization in biology to some degree, but teaching in secondary school is going to involve most sciences anyway, and I yeah. have a decently to at least that level a decent background in all three physics probably being the weakest but biology and chemistry are definitely there so yeah well this can be like a, a tester for your teaching like you're going to be teaching like loads of like 
teenage kids who like some of them want to know about it and some of them don't want to know and to test so before that the, the precursor is testing me who should have been taught all this sort of stuff but i went to a catholic primary school and they didn't focus on science that much especially on the planets like to this day i still can't name all the planets like really quick like most people can in size and you know that rhyme where you can say it in the right order and it shows uh, yeah I don't, I don't know the um pseudonyms whatever they're called yeah the pseudonyms well pseudonyms is like another word for no, something it's not. Like the rhymes and stuff for it. Yeah. I know what you mean. Acronyms or whatever. Um, like the acronyms to make you remember it and things like that. But no, it's it's like um, there's certain things where I just, I can't, I didn't know that in primary school that much. And then in secondary school, I did it a bit, so years seven to nine. But then in year 10, 11, in, in England, um, it, I think it's changed a bit now. Um, I don't think you really get as much of a choice. But basically, I sp- you could choose three things. It was applied science, triple science, or um, uh, core and core and triple almost the same thing as just core was just slightly less it was just you got two GCSEs for core triple you got three core uh, triple especially like each GCSE was a specific subject in science you know biology chemistry and um, physics and then I did applied because I said to my teacher she was like do you like exams much and I obviously <clears throat> as a young teenager was like no and so she was like why don't you do applied it's pretty much all coursework I was like okay that sounds fun it was not fun it was so boring, it picked me off science for absolutely bloody ages. And I, I know quite a few people we know, like our friend Jasmine. She said a lot of time in school or some other time she was like in science class or anything like that. And she would just be kind of bored and it wasn't grabbing her. But then she's come out and she's um, listened to the occasional podcast about it. She watches videos on it and documentaries. She's really into documentaries, especially things like Brian Cox and um, things like that. And it's just like because she's now developed this love for science and it's kind of mm. happened with me as well and a couple of other people like reese he, he said the same thing it's just like and what this this what i want to kind of do is i'm really interested in knowing all this sort of stuff now i listen to a lot of podcasts with like physicists mm. like you know neil degrasse tyson that sort of thing and i watched you know obviously david attenborough documentaries they're quite low level no, knowledge of you know how, how much it comes down to the, the core science of it but it's just like there's so much i, I want to know now and whenever i talk about these sorts of things you always know <laughs> what to say um, so yeah this is science but simple and the first one uh, this one's going to be called uh, a light bulb uh, basically how does energy work uh, do you want to say anything before we start George? yeah from what you said I think for the most part the GCSE system for the sciences still works the same I'm not sure whether it's just split into the three individuals now with the new GCSE system that's just started yeah um but definitely, I understand the whole thing. Like I, for me personally, it's that interest in the science aspect of things and understanding those things has always been there. Or some people have been put off by their experience sometimes at school, and I think that's a lot of the problems. That the not to get really deep into this for this particular one, but like the, our school system at the moment doesn't hugely encourage people to be very like interested and engaged and uh like actively going out and looking and learning for themselves in particular subject areas so yeah, i agree um it ends up like now i'm going to be talking about things to do with energy and general like light bulbs try and keep it to like the kind of everyday stuff that everyone knows yeah but then go into like how that sort of stuff works and the fundamentals and behind that and the science behind it because it's stuff that every, everyone sees every day but doesn't think about and you go into it and potentially find get people interested in some science of it as well. Yeah, I mean, what, um, just as a little preview thing, if, if people do know about energy and they listen to this for a little bit and they think, oh, I'm kind of, I don't need to listen to this anymore. Do you, have you thought of any sort of ideas of um, some future ones? Because I think we've spoken a bit about, 
I'm interested in um, that the human body quite a bit, like how blood works. Because you got you and I think Reese were telling me about like how blood cells actually transfer oxygen around the body, oh, yeah. and that's how it makes things work. And I literally didn't know that at all. Mm-hmm. I know some. A lot of that sort of thing can be like crossover and fundamentals of yeah. biology. For me personally, doing a marine biology degree mm-hmm. and that, my interest has always much been more on the um, the animal side of things and like other things that basically not human because uh-huh. I don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> we could have like you know these are gonna we're gonna try and have these to be about an hour long each and they're gonna be released quite sporadically. I don't think it's gonna be a necessary plan. Mm-hmm. We could probably try and do it monthly. It probably wouldn't be that hard to do. Just every now and then yeah um definitely you can talk about <clears throat> some things like uh like ecosystems and maybe some things to do with like how our agricultural systems you do like your favorite like favorite animals and stuff everything and yeah we have a little like bonus episode just talk field about. courses i've done and things so yeah. it could be interesting things to talk about later time but it's like it can always be be things like you know we just have one little cheeky one where we have um we talk about three favorite animals or something and why and i'll obviously have to do a little bit yeah. of research on the animals as well because one of my favorites is like panda for example i really like them but mm-hmm. you look into it, pandas like for example they they terrible breeding they're, they're like oh yeah they, they don't they don't like sex yeah it's, it's quite funny and it's just things like that like i'd like a little little tidbits and stuff you about give them the opportunity to reproduce easily and they just say no no yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like uh, yeah so and we can have these little to- like not there'll be topics that are more uh, specified like this one will be will be a bit more uh, linear uh, but then there'll be other ones which are just a bit more free you know but mm. it's yeah just science but simple it's just easy to digest sort of knowledge in a way it's like every part of this podcast I just want to kind of talk about everything really that interests me and anyone's passionate about and mm. I'm getting into science more and you're very passionate about this sort of thing so I'm, I'm pleased to have you on mate well, let's get started and see how this goes, because this is a new experience for me as well. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, not so much for you now, but... Well, yeah, this is my... Uh, I like to... I have actually been... I'm going to start releasing them in different orders and stuff um, okay. that I've actually been saying. So now I think this is the eighth, I think, that I've, I've the eighth guest. At least in order of recording. Yeah, yeah. Seventh, seventh or eighth person that I've had on, um, and a lot of the podcasts have been split into two, or will be mm-hmm. split into two. But the order that I'm doing it, this may not come out till the twelfth person or something, or may come out in a couple of weeks. You know, I haven't. Yeah. Certain people's conversations aren't uh, like specific to time, so and some ones are like Callum and the band and stuff. You know, that needs to be released relatively soon to when he's talking about his band. It needs to be relevant, but and you know, in terms of the conversations to go to. Mm-hmm. But um, right. So so the, the big question, the easy, well, easy is actually probably the hardest question almost is. So how how does a light bulb work? So you know everyone knows standard light bulb. You know you mm-hmm. made of glass. Um, you screw into the socket, whatever. You flick the plasticky looking switch on the wall, and then somehow this is the thing that always baffled me. Somehow, like since caveman times, you could do this. Like there's the amount of stuff that's on the planet right now. You've there's mm-hmm. always been on this planet. So if you went back to caveman times, you had the know how to do it, and somehow the manpower you could create electricity, and you could create like in theory iPads when like, mm-hmm. the dinosaurs were about if, if we take out a meteorites contributing to something to the equation of that but if um, if we just say yeah uh, you could create iPads but it's like you put bits of metal together and do certain things to them and then you have from this just metal something that produces not only light but also heat and mm-hmm. light is such a weird fucking thing you know it's, it's, it's so strange and it's just mm-hmm. It's madness to me. It's always just been crazy that you can... Like, obviously, iPads and all that sort of stuff is impressive, but just to the baseline first thing of just creating light, that was the, that was the start of all... Obviously, the wheel was the proper start, but, like, the start of true 
civilization almost emphasis on the civil was when we could have these houses obviously we had lighting that weren't made from like fire and stuff and then mm-hmm. sh- shortly after that electricity became a thing and then the, mm-hmm. the whole in, in, uh, technological revolution that's where it began it just started it went so fast like Victorian era and stuff when we had lamps and stuff it was quite slow moving and once yeah. light bulbs came out and electricity specifically it just changed everything so um so yeah, how, how does it all work then? Where, where should we start? Okay. The first thing to understand is that obviously electricity isn't something that as humans we created. It's always been in nature. Yeah. But a lot of the times in, in natural environments, it's simply just build up of large amounts of static electricity. Mm-hmm. So for example, in your thunderstorms and lightning storms, that is just a lot of water in the clouds, like condensed into the clouds, um, just moving around, rubbing against each other, creating a lot of static electricity, it builds up and then discharges in one big go. Okay. What we're talking about with light bulbs is an electrical current, which is, as far as I'm aware, much more of a man-made thing and a controlled form of it, um, where through the wiring and the filament of the bulb and the wires in the walls and the power cables and everything is simply just through the metal... Um, metals form what is called a, a lattice in their molecular structure, but I'm not going to go into massive detail about that, but what it basically means is that the electrons, if they're given a push, have the freedom to, to move across the atoms and between them and be passed on. And with that, the, the, for more visual idea of it, this is when you've got the atom and you've got, mm-hmm. people visualise it as there's a circle um, that's like filled in and that's the centre and then you've got the rings almost around it yeah, and the the electrons are the things whizzing around the outside. Yeah, so it's like, you look at it, it's a circle that's filled in, and then loads of rings around it coming mm-hmm. out, and each ring has a certain amount of electrons on it, did you say? Yeah. And so what happens is, if those, if if the um, if the atoms are close enough together, those rings, is it where the rings basically overlap, and then the things can... It's not so much a spacing thing, it's just that because of the way that a metal forms in its solid form... Yeah. Um, it allows those electrons to 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 move between them okay. and be transferred if they're given the the push to do so. I see. Um, so what we are talking about electricity isn't is much more of a technically like a layman's term almost. What we're actually talking about is electrical potential energy, right. which is basically you're wanting to produce a one relatively positive end right. and one relatively negative end. And then the electrons will flow from the negative end, whether in high concentration, to the positive end because electrons are negatively charged. And in that movement, they can then pass on their energy to things and that, that transfer, which is what happens. Um, when you have a very thin wire, um, that just means that there's a lot less like space for though that transfer to happen through. Um, and that then creates what's called resistance. Right. And it's that resistance that means that, say, wiring heats up and then starts to generate light in the case of light bulbs. So it's these electrons moving about, are obviously, a, a way of thinking about it in almost a really physical, pra- practical way. It's almost like if you look people running through somewhere and they're rubbing against the walls and stuff, the friction mm-hmm. of it, you know, it can, it can even cause heat. You rub your hands together, yeah. it makes heat. And that sort of general, like, really simplistic idea of it is... Yeah, you've got this, and they go from minus to to positive. They go from uh, negative yeah. to positive. That's great. As, as I think, I, I just get very confused about the particular direction because when you're talking about like circuits and batteries, 
you always say that the the circuit flows and by convention the circuit flows in like the positive direction but the electrons actually moving the other way so it's 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 weird and don't quite get that <laughs> okay the yeah, circuit is not like exactly my strongest point but in terms of the energy side that we're looking at this is i can, I can do that yeah that's fine <laughs> Um, so, the yeah. thing about the light bulbs, though, is that with anything like when with heat, mm-hmm. obviously you're going to end up potentially with combustion. Yeah. Um, and that is functionally what the element in the light bulb is going to be trying to do. It's going to be trying to combust. To be put, put quite simply, a light bulb will not work if there is oxygen inside the light bulb because the filament will burn instead of glow. So most, I think, most of the time, uh, light bulbs are actually filled with noble gases i think argon mostly it's used okay i have no idea so. um so i think because you end up with like neon lights and stuff that's mm. another thing that's to do with the colors and glowing and stuff but again that's a noble gas noble gas is basically um just uh, really unreactive they don't do anything but yep. to fill it with a noble gas that's not going to do anything and then keep oxygen out that's basically how they make sure that that filament doesn't start burning i see so you've got <coughs> me coughing grossly um so you've got this basically the filament it can kind of it won't get hot because it won't combust and so it won't it won't damage itself by getting too hot because it won't be able to have oxygen to be able to actually almost ignite it it's got almost mm-hmm. heat potential energy and it's just like if oxygen gets near it it'll that will combust and that will be what damages the filament. Yeah, like com- combustion is basically just a reaction in which oxygen reacts with something as it, as it burns. Um, and that's when a light bulb breaks, the light always goes out. Cause it's yeah, I just... don't think the, the heat itself heating up is going to be doing something to the filament because otherwise like, the light bulb wouldn't just blow randomly anyway. Light bulbs would just last indefinitely. Yeah. Um, but in terms of if, if oxygen got into a bulb, it would just go straight away. Like there'd be no chance of it surviving. But... Again, this is a whole idea. Is this is your electricity running through the wires into the bulb, all that the heat build up, which is making what what makes the uh, metal glow. Like when you see, you see a furnace from like a, a smith or something. You see all the molten iron or whatever they're making something out of, and it's it's glowing with heat. Yeah. Um. It's just another form of energy release. So, as say this thing, this energy is being transferred from the electricity into the the wire. Um, that is producing the heat energy through the resistance and then releasing that also as light. So it's just a conversion of that electrical potential energy into thermal and light energy. So you're saying it's the resistance that's causing the light itself? Or, like what? It's, it's like a, a, almost like a chain reaction. Like the resistance is what causes the energy to be built up in the wire, essentially. So the reason why the wire to the light isn't hot and glowing and the wire inside the bulb is is because the wire that's inside the bulb is very much thinner, producing a lot more resistance. Right. So you have the same amount going through a smaller space. Right. And that produces that like resistance and the heat and, it's and the, the light resistance itself that's the causing. heat and the light is basically just a discharge of the excess energy. I see. Okay. Yeah. So there's all these to put another human way of thinking about it because I like analogies and I'm terrible at them. Um, it's just like loads of people kind of yeah running uh, like through a corridor and then it gets really 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 thin. Yeah, and you're trying they, to fit the same amount of people through the same through a smaller space. And they somehow manage to get the same amount of people that that 
amounting, but it obviously causes so much friction and stuff. Mm-hmm. It creates the light and whatnot. And obviously, then when they kind of go round the corridor, almost round mm-hmm. in like a U turn, it's almost like them going round the bulb. And then when they come out the bulb, they come out the tight corridor. They can open one, and then everyone can kind of run, not rubbing against each other, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Friction is a good way of putting it because um, it, friction itself is almost just a transfer of energy. If you've got something moving fast and you apply friction to it, it starts to slow down because you're changing that kinetic energy that's the energy of the movement into, say, um, if you're slowing something down and it, it, you're, it heats up, you've got thermal energy coming out, you might have sound energy coming out, which is essentially just... Again, sound energy in itself is almost like kinetic energy anyway. It's just like the it, in like the air or things like molecules bumping into each other to transfer that that sound across. Yeah. So, what, um, briefly explain um, the thing that blew my mind, um, which just shows how much a simple man I am. And I'm, this is me. This is only like a month or two ago, so it's not even like I was young or anything. With energy, right? The the thing that you got that got me was the whole when you push something, you're not actually pushing it sort of thing do you know what I mean where you're, you're it's the transfer of um, energy that's basically how it works oh right okay yeah. so when you like, um, push a table you're transferring kinetic energy yes so explain that in, in a way like, explain that sort uh, of thing right I'm trying to think how I explained this at the time <laughs> um, basically to, to put it rightly when you're say pushing something say the extension of your arm that is a, a chain of energy conversions from the the chemical energy stored within the reactions and the things in your body into the kinetic energy for movement and then you're basically transferring that kinetic energy then into something else to to move it so when you're pushing something you're not Mm -hmm. in a way actually pushing it you're putting an amount of energy into it in a certain direction and that Mm -hmm. transfer wears you out that amount of energy because that amount of energy comes out of you and goes into this thing. Yeah. And that energy that goes into it is the thing that makes it move. Yeah, which is essentially force. Yeah. So That's... when I push something, I'm not actually pushing it. I am getting... I'm transferring my kinetic energy into it and the reaction of that is it that it moves forward. Mm-hmm. It's, I can't... When you told me that, I was just like, are you fucking serious? I was like, what? Because <laughs> I, I, I've always known the thing of that because atoms are actually, there's more space between them. Yeah, that like 99% of an atom is empty space. Yeah. So that includes, <laughs> that includes us. That's, it, it's one of those things where it's like the um, infinity sort of idea where you can go a small, you can go into like smaller and smaller an infinite amount of times. It's like mm-hmm. you say there's a measurable, if you say, okay, how big is something? Well, it's between zero and a hundred something, like say a hundred meters. So between zero and hundred meters, you can go. Okay, well, that's not f- that's that's finite then. This can only be that big. It's like no, not really, because it can actually be infinite. Because if you go to between the space, the, the amount of numbers between zero and just one, the amount of numbers between that, when you go into a small enough decimal point, is infinite. And that's how small you can go, and that's infinite. And then it's like if you go far enough deep down into what actually makes everything, it's actually more space than anything. It's almost it's like there's there's barely any of it. Yeah. Is, it's like you go so far down to the so, in, infinite minuscule. E- even though th- this table is solid and you are solid and I am solid, technically most of what we are is just empty space. Well, that's why there was that scientist guy, wasn't there, who once said um, he had this thought experiment and he said he walked every morning he just walked fairly fast into his wall because he said, in his mind, theoretically, you should be able to walk through walls because mm-hmm. you're less dense than the wall. He said that's that, in theory... And he obviously just did that every day, and people thought he was a bit mad. But 
That does seem a bit strange. Yeah, <laughs> you do it once, twice, you think, you're probably going to stop doing it, mate. It's not good for you. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, so we... So, so got the general idea of like, the kinetic energy and the... Mm-hmm. So just to reiterate, the electric energy is just... imagine The way I imagine it, at least, is, yeah, loads of people running through somewhere and then when it becomes a thinner wire then those people at the same speed and the same amount of people go through a tinier space and that yeah. causes this friction which is what um is actually what's causing the, the sort of the, the heat and the light in a yeah. way um so that's so that's step one and the, the filament is as the is it the metal in the filament is it's is where basically the the energy is being discharged from i'm saying is the what makes the filament and the wire what makes them uh, big or small is it l- the actual literal physical size of it or is yeah. it so is, is it literally that yeah. simple okay cool <coughs> that was easy not mm-hmm. easy <laughs> coughing really loud like it's, it's quite quite literally the idea that the wire is thinner I think a lot of filaments um, sometimes in light bulbs look slightly thicker mm. because they're actually almost like coiled Right. It was like you know, sometimes you basic drawings of a light bulb sometimes show that filament being like a, like a yeah. coil, but it, but sometimes they're just like the straight wire and things. I'm not entirely sure what goes on with the, the light bulbs that like the U bends and stuff through them. They're the energy efficient ones. Yeah, I'm not quite entirely sure whether they have a filament or anything inside them, or they work much more like neon lights and stuff. Yeah. Um, but this is like your kind of standard. When incandescent like, bulb when like, someone has like yeah. an idea in a cartoon you get yeah. the, the one that, that's that style of light bulb this is definitely how they work yeah um, that's cool in right. terms of the actually like moving back we like move back through the system to like well okay so electric we're saying that energy well it, let's go to fundamental laws of thermodynamics and use some big words yep um, basically energy slash matter um, cannot be created or destroyed, yep. only transferred from one form to another. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that electrical energy, we have we have an energy, we have energy, it's been discharged, that's an energy transfer, but then what's generating that electric, electrical potential energy? Uh, where is that energy coming from? So you trace that back basically through all the power lines, everything back to your power stations. Right. And essentially what's going on at the power stations, and I think it's pretty much... Even to the extent of nuclear power stations, yeah, and um, which do work on a slightly different system, but still, what you're essentially doing is heating up water, yeah, turning it into high pressure steam, mm-hmm. and that letting that high pressure steam uh, force a turbine to turn, mm-hmm. and that turbine will more than likely be attached to a giant magnet, and then there'll be a wiring coiled around that magnet. Mm-hmm. And then that magnet just spins and turns, and because of the positive and negative side of the magnet, that basically pushes the electrons round the wire, and that's what generates the current. So the magnets are what make the conversion of yeah. it more. It kind of pushes it forward more in a way. Yeah, you, so... that that in itself is just like a, a a chain of like three different energy changes because you have whatever your fuel is, whether you're burning coal or using nuclear or you've got um a wind turbine doing the same, uh, that's essentially uh, the, in terms of the water at least, when we're looking at coal and nuclear and... Uh, if you just explain burning, like the, the wood example is the easiest for me to understand. Okay. If you just said just basic fossil fuels, you have these these things, wood, mm-hmm. they have energy in it, and mm-hmm. explain... And so that, when we're looking at that, is uh, chemical energy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's essentially the... Same as when you eat something as well. Like yeah. Chemical energy. Just to um, it's essentially just the energy that's stored within like, essentially the bonds of the molecules in, in that whatever compounds that is. Yeah. Most in terms of coal, we're looking at like carbon compounds, uh, yeah. uh, hydrocarbons, which are basically made up of hydrogen and carbon. Yeah. Um, can be a mix of them, different things. You've got methane, ethane, uh, propane, butane, goes yeah. on and on. And then you get the solid ones much later down the line. A yeah. lot of them are like gaseous, then liquid. And... Mm-hmm. So and the, you said to me that when, when you, if we use this quite the base easy example, with fire, mm-hmm. all you're, you heat it when you're heating the uh, the coals and um, what you're doing is you're causing a reaction to change the chemical energy yeah. into a different kind of energy so, so this is where i'm going to mention a word uh called enthalpy and enthalpy is essentially the energy change within a a system right um what you're looking at is essentially you have the your lump of coal say or lump of wood or whatever mm-hmm. um and you have to it doesn't just spontaneously combust. No. You need to put energy into it first, you know, to start burning. Right. But as you can probably tell a lot of times when you had a fire, um, it's more difficult to get a fire to start than it is for a fire to keep going. Yeah. Um, and that's essentially what we call in within like chemistry um, the activation energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and say so, I'm going to use my hands and try not to hit the microphone. Um <laughs> We have your energy within the coal or wood here. At the top, okay, here. Uh, that's more the middle, but yes. <laughs> it's very hard when you've only got one hand up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you have to put energy into it to start that reaction. Mm-hmm. And once that reaction started, the energy that you've put into it discharges. Ooh, I've hit the mic. <laughs> um, and then the rest of the energy is that reaction between the carbon and the oxygen and the combustion reaction also releases more energy. So then the energy within the molecule, so for example, your basic equation of carbon plus oxygen to carbon dioxide, you have less energy contained within the bonds of the carbon dioxide than you do within the bonds of the carbon and the bonds of the oxygen. So the conversion makes them lose a certain amount mm-hmm. of the energy. And that is what's discharged as the heat and the light that the fire generates. So to make this, because that, that sounds quite confusing. It may sound quite confusing to a lot of people. So it's actually quite a simple way of thinking about it. All you're doing is making these two things, you're just converting them, almost just literally converting yeah. them into this other thing. And in doing so, you a certain amount of energy is discharged. Yeah. This, in this instance, the energy that is discharged is fire. Is that correct? Like the heat energy. Fire is basically the, the what we see yeah. as the reaction happening. Yeah. The energy that's coming off is the heat that we feel and the light, which is obviously then what we're, we're seeing. Yeah. And to put it really basically, it's basically you've got your carbon and your oxygen. Yep. And the carbon is bonded to carbon and the oxygen is bonded to oxygen. Yep. You put in energy and break all of those bonds. Mm-hmm. And then they recombine as something else. Yep. And the energy that you put in to break those bonds mm-hmm. is less than the energy that is given out when those bonds reform. So when they... I see. So you... It's almost like... Yeah, I could almost describe it, you know, you push something a certain amount mm-hmm. and then it pushes something twice as hard. It's, it's kind of like that in a way. You put in a certain amount of energy and a certain amount of energy comes out because of that's the reaction. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. And all the, all the energy, this is the thing that blew me away of how kind of simple it is in a way, when it's kind of not simple, obviously, when you go into the details. But all 
electricity is and energy and all this sort of stuff every single thing is either the reaction happening of conversion of just changing one type of energy to another type of energy or mm-hmm. is that type, the the thing that comes off that type of energy so it's literally it's, it's literally just okay you convert this type of energy into this type of energy and also this type of energy comes out it's, it's pretty much that simple for almost everything it's like for when it comes to the like with uh electricity mm-hmm. when you get down to the baseline it's just and when you make fires and stuff it's just literally you are doing you're converting these things into this thing and it makes it becomes this thing but also as a side effect this stuff comes out yeah it's just like it makes... which is a lot of the time where you end up getting some say waste energy as mm. well so if you're burning coal in a coal power plant mm. that regardless of what you try and do that fire is going to be producing light but you want the heat so the light energy that's produced by the coal is when it's burning is not useful to you. Yeah. But the heat is. Yeah. And that's like that's just the way things go. Yeah, there's nothing you like, can do. You, you can't just, get, you can't make energy. it have less light to make it have more heat. It's just yeah. the amount of heat you get, you get a certain amount of light as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously the way the best way to do things is to try and make a conversion where as a high a highest amount of percentage of energy is yeah. the stuff that you want. Yeah. Yeah. The next step is basically where you're... So you're converting, essentially, the useful energy in that reaction is the thermal energy or the heat energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're wanting to transfer that into the water and get it into high-pressure steam. When that high-pressure steam then is jetted out onto the turbine, mm-hmm. that's basically that heat being converted into the kinetic energy of the moving of the turbine. Mm-hmm. And in turn, that moving of the turbine... And the magnet, which pushes the electrons on, converts that kinetic energy into the electrical potential energy where it's moving those electrons through the wiring. Yep. So it's it's literally just you get fossil fuels, you add, you know, you make a a, a reaction happen, um, and it, it it creates heat energy, and that goes into the water, mm-hmm. and then that the heat energy makes the water, you know, sprays and that sort of thing that yeah. it makes the jets it makes it a move uh, it pushes out and then it when it um it uses kinetic energy it turns the heat energy to kinetic energy and hitting the the, the, the tur- turbine the yeah. turbine and then the turbine is now has now had the kinetic energy put into it so it's also moving and then with the use of the magnets it converts it into electrical energy mm-hmm. so it's just everything with energy it just traces back to we didn't create it from nowhere. It kind of seems like you did, but it's mm. just... You just going from one form to another form yeah. to another form to another form. And, that's and of the... course, that coal itself is just basically the energy stored from something that died millions and millions of years ago. Yeah. And it just, like, sat there. Just a chemical store of energy in the atoms yep. that's there. Yeah. Much like a, it's almost like a, like a, um, a natural battery. And obviously that it runs out, so yeah. it runs right. So, so with with the light bulb thing, just to clarify what happens is, yeah, you get it, it's pretty simple. It, you could think of it the most basic way of thinking about it is not fully correct, but it's, it's literally just like it's almost as simple as you you burn you basically burn something, it makes fire. The fire heats up water. The water moves the turbine. The turbine with a magnet get makes electricity, and then they send it basically through a wire to your house mm-hmm. now the switch is the middle part that we're missing out okay 
is just so we understand how when once we flick the switch and the the electricity that's obviously been converted from all that time away um mm-hmm. all that far back um it gets the energy is there you flick the switch and then elect the electric electricity run down the wires get into the light bulb yep. and then obviously goes into the the thin corridor analogy mm-hmm. creating light and heat and then goes back down blah 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 okay so when you flick the light switch mm-hmm. just standard on and off light switch we'll get into any of the other ones at the moment um when you flick them what obviously i know a general idea of what a circuit is but if you just mm-hmm. explain what a circuit is like what what, what that's doing like where where's the electricity so in our house is going to basically a point? to allow the electricity to flow yep um you need a complete circuit and yep. that's why everything everything the light bulb goes it goes into the light bulb through the filament and then back out again mm-hmm. and through the wire back through your you live your earth wires all that sort of thing um essentially what the switch does is tell you whether that circuit is complete or not complete mm-hmm. it's quite simply are we connecting up or are we not connecting up a really easy way for people to visualize this if they can't remember for school is basically just have a square at the moment and then one of the lines where the square is it's almost like you 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 just ow, I just hit the mic because I'm being more on using my hands to try and explain things on the podcast. It's almost like it'd be me doing that more. <laughs> it's almost just like a door opening. It's just like so. It's just like yeah, something doesn't. It's just no longer connected. It's, mm-hmm. it's that simple. Um, and so, or, or like when you have say you you've got a train going from A to B, mm-hmm. and you've got a, a junction on the way, and the junction's going to point C. Yeah. Point C doesn't go anywhere. It's just a dead end. Yeah. So you need to switch it over to track AB, yeah. and then the train can flow through. Yeah, and that's literally all you're doing, saying, so when, "Okay, well, this can go through, or this can't go through." So the question is, when the light switch is off, does the electricity just go up to the light switch, and it all just stops, and it's almost like a backlog of ele- electrical current all the way back to the source, or what? Um, I not a hundred percent certain. From my understanding, is that obviously it's not going to flow anywhere if, um it doesn't have the complete circuit. And as, as I said before, it's not a case of energy will run up to something and then stop. Um, it has to have that that flow and transfer of an electron to place, to place, to place, to place. Like, like almost the way, if anyone, if, uh, you, I know you'll know, but um, for anyone that doesn't, uh, Newton's cradle, oh, where you have the, the little things that bump into each other and not the other. You get, the you end, get them in, in like end, 90s end. films in an office. Yeah. You get like five marbles on bits of string. Yeah. You, you pull one, it swings, go... Yeah. Hits, yeah. Uh, the electrons will essentially run almost like that, but in one direction. Yeah. Um. So it's like it's like a tink, tink, tink. So in terms of the electrons, as far as I'm aware, the electrons themselves aren't moving very fast, mm. but because of that like chain reaction, the transfer of energy and the movement of one electron from when it's instigated mm. is actually almost instantaneous. Yeah. Um. But so you don't have like energy like building up behind something if the light switch is turned off. Yeah. It's just not flowing through there. It's flowing to somewhere else, and there's other circuits in the house flowing through. It's just not going to that route. Yeah. It's like once you flick because... the switch off, it's not the flow stops and is there. It's the flow just isn't going that direction anymore. Yeah. It almost like yeah. It's almost like it it backtracks to the last point that it could go in another direction. It just does. Yeah. Like if you remember you know, at school series circuits. Yeah. And how if you had. Uh, well, no, a parallel circuit. Um, you'd have uh, the do do do. Now I'm thinking of something else. Now, ignore me. Let's smash that. Let's I, not I, go. I, yeah, we won't go into I, school yeah. circuitry then. No. But yeah, so <laughs> so with the light switch, <clears throat> so I've got the light switch, the light bulb, that sort of thing. Um, that all that makes perfect sense. 
to me. And that's obviously that's a general sort of idea of thermodynamics. That that's that. Yeah, the the, the, really... the, first, the first law. I think it's first. There's three. I don't know which one is technically first, but one of them at least is that energy and matter cannot be transferred, cannot be created or destroyed, only transferred from one form to another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um. I've got a few interesting spiritual ideas about that sort of thing as well, but I'm not going to go into them on a science podcast. Yeah, yeah. When I went into the the word that I said earlier as well, en- enthalpy. Uh-huh. Uh, enthalpy is essentially the word that we that is used in chemistry for the change of energy. Right. So, for example, when that we're talking about the the carbon and oxygen combusting and turning into carbon dioxide, mm-hmm. there is an enthalpy change between the carbon and oxygen and the carbon dioxide. And it's a negative one because the energy within the molecules themselves, the chemically stored energy, mm. is less than it was before. Yeah, so that doing that, it basically took some of it. You've got, <clears throat> is it really simply almost like oxygen and uh, carbon? So my throat is going. They've each got, for a real baseline, this is based on nothing, five of, some, of, of energy each. Mm-hmm. And then you do the conversion, and the finished thing doesn't have ten, it has like eight, because two of them during the, the, yeah. the conversion process went elsewhere yeah and that's what you're saying entropy is yeah enthalpy. Uh, en- en- enthalpy entropy is something else oh, might mention that a little bit enthalpy enthalpy yeah enthalpy okay right so terrible for people lisps yeah i could imagine so yeah. not quite as bad as some geology terms though oh yeah well there's one in geology um i just mentioned it briefly but it's great because it just it's basically if you didn't want a lisp you do have it now right um batholith 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 Granite batholith. Batholith. So it sounds like it's almost in basilisk with a. With <laughs> yeah, a, with it's, a lip, it's just a like, okay, if you wanted to see what it would be like to have a list, there you go. <laughs> wow. Um, Alright, so we're at the sort of 40 minute mark now. There's. Um, no, could I cut it now and keep it uh, short? Um, or is there anything else you'd like to add about generally energy and that sort of. Um, I was seeing as you uh, mistakenly, but still mentioned it. Um, I did. I know I mentioned it to you a bit before, before we not recording or anything. But um, entropy is almost uh, the opposite of enthalpy. Um, it's the energy that's outside of the molecules. It's like the, the like nebulous energy in the environment. Right. Um, whenever you're talking about enthalpy and entropy in actual terms, you're always looking at isolated and closed systems in terms of the like numbers and stuff and calculations involved. Realistically, that's basically impossible. Um, but to for the actual like concept's sake, I'd say that we're looking at an isolated closed system. Okay. Um, basically, entropy is like my favourite thing in chemistry because, to put it quite simply, it dictates that the world will tend towards disorder and chaos, but in an organised way. Right. So the way that it works is that if you have enthalpy, generally, because you have you do have endothermic and exothermic reactions, so reactions that take in and release heat. So if you had an endothermic reaction, you'd expect that the environment to, around it to get colder. Um, they're not hugely common, um, and a lot of the things you'll come across will be exothermic reactions that generate energy into the environment around the reactants. It's like volcanoes. That's a load of geological processes and things that this is not quite relevant to now. Okay, we'll um, go into that. Okay. But, um, so for example, your fire is burning, it's releasing energy, it's exothermic, it's it's based quite simply from the Latin of it, it's like out heat. 
Yeah, it gives out. So it's heat. giving out heat. Mm. Um, but uh, the entropy, is, when enthalpy would be decreasing and the energy within the molecules is getting lower, the energy in the environment is increasing. Yeah. So you have an entropy increase, and that's what it wants. It basically, almost the way that um, the universe will want to reach a uniform, stable state. And it will get that by having everything evenly spread, evenly mixed, everything's all good. And not like hugely organized, but everything is essentially like randomly mixed and done. So this is not an excuse not to tidy your bedroom, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the idea is it almost like diffusion and uh, things like that, where things will go from an area of high concentration to an area of low concentration. The same applies to energy and entropy. The energy is concentrated around the source, but will move outwards from it. Right. Until it wants to spread in a uniform way, which is why I say your radiator's heating the room, but the processes from that energy will make sure that eventually that heat is spread evenly around the room. Yeah, if you leave it for long enough, then it yeah. will equal itself out. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what entropy wants to do. And so you, you maximise your entropy as things become less and less differentiated. And when you have releases of energy and that energy then gets transported around and mixed and everything, everything becomes much more even, that is what entropy increases do and how that wants to, to react. Um, so you're looking at enthalpy, which is the energy within the molecules mm-hmm. and the entropy which is what's outside of the molecules we're yeah. still looking at a closed system yeah that makes sense here's a question then that you may not know the answer to and if so I'm sorry for putting you in this position cry me <laughs> why is it then that you get with a light bulb you get heat energy come out of it right mm-hmm. in theory well I don't know what did it happen with a light bulb would why is it that Okay, light bulbs, do they get hotter? Obviously, yeah, light bulbs do get hotter. Yeah, they right? do get hot. But they don't radiate very much, do they? No. Comparatively, the energy is very small. Yeah. As well as you're looking at the idea of like the actual conduction of the energy as well. Different things conduct energy in different ways and not as well. Yeah. You also have to look at something, um, especially when you're essentially, that is a direct energy transfer, mm-hmm. whereas you're uh, from one form to another which has its problems with efficiency and everything like that. When you are looking at your your radiator, or you're not having any reaction there, you're just having, okay, the thermal energy that's been stored within the water is then being transferred to the radiator, the metal of the radiator, and then into the air. So So it's just heat being moved from one place to another rather than one type of energy being converted so to clarify with the radio ease of it it's just water which is hot it's got and the heat the hot is the heat energy and it's going up and down all these metal tubings and like the mm-hmm. person in the corridor like the people in the corridor it's rushing through there and it's while it's basically in a, in a way of thinking of it causing friction on the the inside of the metal tubes it's making the heat energy come out of it not even that complicated it's, it's literally that. just oh look this water's hot and the radiator at the moment is cold so the heat moves from where it's hot to where it's cold, much like your cup of coffee or tea cools down if you leave it out on the side. Mm. Or, to put it 
even more bluntly, when you first make that cup of tea, it heats up the mug and that mug becomes hot to touch. So you yeah. want to use the handle. Yeah. <laughs> you just want to um, talk about tea all the time, don't you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, so it's like the, the whole resistance thing is more exclusive to the electrical current thing and producing the heat and the light from that. In terms of you radiator heating up the room, that's literally just, oh, look, this place is hot, this place is cold, heat will move to where there isn't heat. But why does light not do that? Light does. But it gets blocked in a different way. Obviously, light is a different color. Light is... Light doesn't... What I was going to say is, why is it that if I have a light bulb on, it'll get hotter and hotter, but it won't... It, it does get brighter to a degree, but why is it it doesn't just keep getting more and more bright as it gets hotter and hotter? Why is it not like an infinite brightness? Um, that's to do with a concentration thing. Again, um, the light bulb itself is retaining that heat. Right. The light is going everywhere. Yeah. So um, that that light's not getting like contained. Oh, so that so when you flick the light on for, for we're talking about normal light still, mm-hmm. it's just all the light or none of the light. Yeah. Whereas with the heat, so it's... a good way to probably explain this is if you have um, a, a a bare open light bulb. Mm. That has a certain amount of brightness when you're looking at it, mm. but if you were to put like essentially a a, a bowl shaped mirror around it, yeah, that directed all the light essentially in one direction and then pointed it, yeah, that's really bright, yeah, because all of the light now is going into the same place, mm-hmm. so it gets brighter. But when you don't have that mirror covering it, it's much more dispersed. Yeah, well, that's why in, in a lot of people don't notice this, but in uh car lights in the back um, they have like the light bulb coming out and then all behind the light bulb so what's actually touching the car mm-hmm. is yeah, mirror reflectors yeah because yeah. it's it, then all the light like 100% of the light will come out of the light bulb but obviously someone will go behind mm-hmm. it and it won't be as reflecting which is also why when you're driving up to another car in night like say a parked car and your headlights are going on it the um, the lights at the back of someone else's car even though they're not on might seem to like reflect and glow a little bit because yeah. that reflection is coming back yeah that's what they're there for um when you're looking at color that's to do with the absorption of different wavelengths mm. and you're essentially only seeing the color that's the color brackets plural um that are being reflected and everything else being absorbed white pure white being everything's being reflected black i doubt a lot of people have seen um actual black because, say for example, when you close, when you're in a pitch dark room, yeah, your brain is still almost like making shapes and things out of it because that's what your brain does. Yeah, um, there is a substance if you can look it up if you want, um, called Vanta Black. I've heard about this. Uh, it's a material made of nanotubes, uh, which basically absorb with ninety nine point seven percent of all light that hits it. I think. So this thing is so black that. It literally becomes basically impossible to discern depth. I see. So you can, for example, if someone's wearing some black clothes, you can still see like the the shape of saying their legs. They're wearing some black jeans or trousers or anything. Like, yeah. That's their shape is still there because mm-hmm. they're not like that's it's black, but it's not absorbing so much that it's basically devoid of light yeah yeah when you're looking at this vanta black it's still not entirely but functionally as far as our icons can tell that's devoid of light yeah so it essentially just looks two-dimensional 
You can bend it and shape it however you want. Just look at it and it's like it's two dimensional. Oh wow! Because cool. the light just does not reflect back off of it. We can't perceive the ridges and different shapes on it. I see. Because it's not reflecting anything. Wow. That's impressive. What do they make? So of? I am waiting for clothes to come out with that. <laughs> That'd probably be very expensive. No, it would be very expensive. It's not realistic. But <laughs> oh. it would be really cool. <laughs> so like Van to die. Van to black die. Uh, you wouldn't be able to get a dye of it, I don't think, because of the way that it's made. It's like all nanotubes and stuff, so it wouldn't work. It's, n- it's not a pigment as such. So you see nanotubes. So w- w- how does that work then? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not going to go into things that I don't know because I don't want to give out wrong Josh, information. Did you hear that, guys? Josh has just ruined the whole podcast. <laughs> it's going so well. It's going so well. Um, well, it's pretty much 50 minutes. Do you want to... I don't know if there's anything you want to just add to it or... Um, um, you know, it'd be a nice little nugget of an episode. We can figure out what other stuff they're doing in future episodes and whatnot. I think I mentioned just quickly to do with things about metals and conducting electricity and stuff because, yes, metals conduct electricity. That's All our wiring is like copper and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But metals obviously aren't exclusively the only conductors of electricity. Like glass. Um, Glass is not a conductor of electricity. There you go. See, I'm telling you. Um, Uh, Obviously, plastic isn't. No. Uh, A lot of non-metals aren't. What non-metals are? Uh, We have a few. There's flesh that are humans. We're we're like... That's because it's a lot of water. And water itself doesn't conduct electricity uh, because it doesn't have that free electron movement. It's the things that are dissolved in that water, the dissociated ions, so you end up with positive and negative bits. So, for example, you have your salt, your table salt, sodium chloride. If you dissolve that in water, you get sodium ions and chlorine ions. And that electrical... Yeah. They dissociate. So you have a compound, but they're still reactively to each other, Mm. which is why you still form salt when you evaporate the water and not sodium and chlorine. Yeah probably be quite dangerous if it did um but that they're like they're separated from each other within the liquid um and that separation that the thing there's basically things in the water that are holding a charge yeah it, the general charge the overall charge is neutral mm. but there are things that are holding different charges within that solution and that allows the electrons to move right. by abusing those charge differences Okay. So water itself doesn't conduct electricity, but it's salts that do. And salts aren't metals, but they do contain metals. Yeah, to like a much smaller mm. scale. The same so- thing happens as well with molten salts when they actually melt. Mm-hmm. You have extremely high temperatures to do so, but if you had molten table salt, that would conduct electricity. Oh, right. There is also the other exception. Uh, there are probably more, I'm not aware of them, but graphite... Uh, the same thing that is your pencil lead. Graphite isn't a metal. No. What? Graphite's carbon. Okay. It's just carbon. But the way it works is that essentially you have hexagons linked up to each other. Oh, I just knocked the mic again. We're doing it. I, I, I need to stop using my hands. We're, we're on point. <laughs> we're both equally doing it. It's good. Um, but uh, basically, there's loads of hexagons essentially connected to each other. Like how they tessellate. Do you know the word tessellate? Yeah, it's like you know, a honeycomb. Tessellate. Yeah. So you got like a honeycomb, that's a good word to find, like a honeycomb of carbon atoms. Yep. But like a single layer of atoms. Right. And then under that, you've got another layer of exactly the same. Yep. But they're not directly bonded between those layers. Right. But there is like a 
intermolecular forces that are bonding them. So, so you have intramolecular forces, much like you might have, say, an intranet at your work or something. Yeah. And there's the internet, which is broad and outside. It's basically inside-outside almost, yeah. is it? But it just, so intra it's like is super and super. inside, and inter is outside between. Yeah. Um, and those... So between the carbon atoms in a layer, mm-hmm. you have intermolecular for no intramolecular forces because they're the same molecule. Yep. But between the layers, you have intermolecular forces holding them together. It's the inter and those forces are intermolecular forces are relatively much weaker than intramolecular forces. Yeah. So the reason why your pencil works essentially is because you have all those layers, and when you rub your pencil on the paper, the layer rubs off. And the layer rubs off, and the layer rubs off. Yeah, um, which is the end. Why why your pencil wears down? Because you just you're essentially just like scraping carbon off onto the paper. Yeah, you, you, it's weird. I, I've <laughs> in the past, it's, it, when people write things with with pencil, it's like you're, you're just you're, you're wiping. It's like you're wiping like a non-liquid down. Yeah, it's quite funny. Yeah, to think about. And it's called a pencil lead. It's not lead. It's carbon. It's not a metal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but graphite, because of that spacing um, and the intermolecular forces, and I think because the carbons are only bonded three ways, right. whereas carbon can make four bonds, right. um, it provides an extra avenue for the electricity to flow. Okay. So because you have that, that freedom, <coughs> the electricity can flow between the layers of the, of, of the graphite. So if you basically shaved off the end of a pencil... Um, and had the open lead over here on the left and on the right, and you had two open ends of the lead, you connect those both up, and you'd be able to make a circuit with it because electricity would run through. Oh, I see. Huh. Pretty much, as far as I'm aware, pretty much every other non-metal doesn't conduct electricity. Okay, the last thing <coughs> I've just thought about to ask is just positive and negative charge. Is that an easy one, or is that... That's just concentration of electrons. So, we so we've talked pre- about concentration uh, so essentially, electrons are negatively charged. Um, so if you got more electrons in one place than another, it's going to be relatively negatively charged. Right. So for example, um, you rub. So the whole friction can often be used to exchange electrons. And say you're rubbing, say, a balloon against a curtain. Yeah. And then you're using it to make your hair stand up on end. Yeah. Um, essentially, what you're doing is. Uh, transferring electrons uh, either I don't I can't remember which way, there is an actual specific way which round it is I guess but I don't remember which essentially electrons are moving from either the balloon or the curtain or material yep. onto the other yep. so then the other is one of them is relatively negative and one of them is relatively positive then you move that to somewhere else and although your hair say isn't charged yeah. because still that balloon is negative proportionately it will then like make your hair stand up yeah because it's pulling that what's not your hair isn't positive but compared to the balloon say it is positive zero is positive compared to minus five for example yeah it's 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 so that's what it's still it's not positive but it's still less negative yeah it's all about yeah um 
that makes sense. And then you can start using double negatives and stuff, which is yeah, it great. Gets even more confusing. language. <laughs> um, well, with with the positive negative charge, I remember asking you this, I think, and me just being confused about it. Was I was like, what's the what does positive and negative charge mean? And I think looking it up, it doesn't mean anything. It's it's just it's just it's relative terms. There's basically when you have this sort of thing because the universe needs balance. One does one is is like plus or one or a or whatever, and one is just the opposite. And the be- easiest way to describe them both is positive and negative. They can be, yeah. but, but they're not, one of them, like electrons, aren't necessarily, it, it was one of those things where I said, if you swapped everything inverted, so if you made, because electrons are negative, if you made yeah. all electrons positive, but you made all, what are the, what are the? Protons. If you made all pro- protons, which are positive, negative, and you made all the negative ones positive, you just swap them. There'd be no net change. Yeah, because the, it's not about, Yeah. it's not that there is a positive and there is a negative, it's that... They're, they're just the words we have to use to describe how they kind of work. And one is, there's just two of them, basically. And yeah. the whole balance it's, is... It's the semantics of how we describe them, yeah, you, but you it, have essentially like, we just use the whole term of positive and negative You have charges. to have ten of one, you have to have ten of the other. There has to be exact balance between them in the whole universe. You know, It has to be that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And that's where it all just boils down to, is just the balance of it all. Because so, that was one of the things that weirded me out. I, I think I read an article about it or talked to you about it or something, and it was just like, yeah, positive and negative don't actually exist. There's no such thing. But it is, it's just our words we give to it. And that's why, mm-hmm. that's why I got a little bit confused, I think, because people were always telling me positive and negative. I was like, what, what do you mean they're positive and negative? What does that mean? It's like, oh, it, I never explained that in school. It's just, they were just like, that's the way it is. It's like, but you know, that's not working. And then it's like, no, it's, it's not. That's just our name for them. It, it, it doesn't. Yeah. Ironically, it's relative. But I think we've covered like a good amount. Um, yeah, I think everything really makes sense uh, that I can think of with energy. I mean, this is the second time you explained it to me, and I forgot the first time, so I've no doubt about the next podcast I'll have forgotten this again. But it's all fresh in my mind now. I think this has been a really good first podcast. I think it's been... Uh, this works quite well. I'm hoping that I haven't started getting over-enthusiastic and basically shouting into the microphone, but oh, there we go. For a couple of times. <laughs> I think the viewers will appreciate your enthusiasm. Um, but that's cool. No worries. We'll... Um, yeah, I'll release this whenever we release it, and we'll try and start figuring out what the, uh, what the next episode's going to be about, then, can't we? Mm-hmm. Alright, thanks for listening, guys. I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. No, thanks. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, yeah, so that was the first episode. Not sure when I'm going to release the, the other ones as of yet, but it will be, you know, fairly sporadically, so you can look forward to them just popping up. Um, and, yeah, don't forget to, you know, follow us on Instagram, like us on Twitter, uh, subscribe on YouTube and any of the podcast apps that you listen to us on. And, um, yeah, put iTunes uh, reviews up. You know, I do read them. I've actually already got one as of recording this, which made me very happy from someone. Five-star review, getting in there. One step close to taking over the world. I'm recording this outro of Josh there, and he's just putting funny faces at me. It's making me so try hard not to laugh. But, um, yeah, just like us on all the social media things, guys. Uh, all the social media things, guys. And I just really appreciate anyone listening to this. Thanks.